Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Stranger Nerds podcast. I'm Tommy Grant, and we have Connor Vandemark, Mitchell Lee, and Nick Izzo, and we are your hosts, the Jersey Nerds. And tonight, we continue our adventure through the spooky town of Hawkins, Indiana, where Mitchell and I help guide Connor and Nick through their first journey through the Netflix hit series, Stranger Things. Tonight, we watched episode three, Holly Jolly. Connor, Nick, what'd you think? Was it all that you hoped and dreamed it would be? Nick, you got the floor, buddy. <laughs> so I got the floor. I'm dropping it right um, on your lap right all, now. Was it all I hoped it would be? I mean, it pro- it progressed the story in you know it, enough in a way that I I was satisfied with the uh, with the entirety of it. I thought it was definitely much better than the the prior episodes, and uh, you know, very skeptical of certain parts of it but um you know of course we'll we'll find out as we go on nick i feel like you're holding a lot back connor uh, that was very I cryptic can't, I can't, yeah i can't give everything away first i can't give everything away in the first all right all right minute. fair enough and <laughs> in all fairness i don't blame nick from holding me back because a lot of stuff happened and I, like one of my big critiques from the previous episode was the pacing. And mm-hmm. I know you want, don't want me to go right into it, Tommy, like that very first scene. But I, I think we jump right into it because that goes into our your guesses from last week of whether or not Barb was alive. And scene number one, we open up with Barb waking up in the bottom of an empty pool. A lot of weird creepy vines around. It was kind of giving me... Uh, devil snare vibe from harry potter but uh yeah were you guys surprised to see barb alive so here's the here's the thing though um i guess i don't want to reference any later episode we don't really know she's still alive though like that's fair um so where where do you think she is then you think she's like in hell it's i still think it's like it, it gives it gives all creepy vibes Oh yeah, like the first thing, it's, like, it's dark. You've got like the you got the dust particles floating in the air. The the voice when she's talking is echoing, so it's kind of giving off little. You know, she's definitely not in our world or dimension, whatever you want to call it. So, in reference to you know me being a big yeah, Zelda nerd, I feel like it's like an underworld. It's very much like the mirror world kind of situation where, it, like, you can tell, like, at first you didn't realize, like, I, I didn't realize she was in the pool until I saw the ladder, her cl- trying to climb out. And once I realized, like, oh, it's, you no know, the same buildings there, it's, but more so, like, it's like a bizarro world, I guess you can say, um, where everything's identical, I guess, landscape-wise, it seems like. But and like things that in, that things that are interacting in the I guess the reality the I guess real world is that's the best way to put it um, is occurring I'm assuming in the um, the bizarre world. But the one thing I like the reason I, I, I like your comparisons, but I'm not going to say anything about that. I, yeah, I, I understand that. Away. Yeah, um, you, you kind of hit it right on the nose a little bit, though. So, when I saw Mitchell smile. He knew. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get more into the reason why I think this. Um, and like yes, my, my touching and tagging. But the one thing I want to like, the, I want to hit on with 
this episode or this this scene is specifically my mention from the critique from last episode is the pacing the way that the the, the duffer duffy duffer what's the producer's name again uh, duffer it is duffer it is the duffer yeah. brothers which are they, this are is they, their first this is the first episode because episode one and episode two are both written and directed by them where this is written by Jessica Mecklenburg and directed by Sean Levy. Okay. So heavily involved in this series, but also has made things like real steel free guy and is going to be making the third Deadpool. Interesting. So the one thing I want to touch on is thank you for putting that Mitchell is the way that they directed the first intro scene of the tension you have with Barb and then flipping to the unawareness of I can't think of the other woman name now. Uh, who's who's her friend again? Nancy. We'll to, Nancy. We'll have yeah. to get a name chart. Yeah, I, I, sh- <laughs> I should I should have it up here. I'll pull it up in a second while someone else is talking. Um, so while Barb is going through literally hell, where she's dealing with the stupid monster, or I think yeah, that was the scene where the monster was there, and she's running away from this thing and getting dragged into this pool or the empty pool. You have Nancy getting on with Steve. And he's dealing with a different stupid monster. Exactly. <laughs> and like it, the, un, the unawareness the and like, like as me, like as the observer of this whole interaction, like I feel the, the unsettledness, the un, like the unsettling feeling that like you have no idea what's happening to your friend right now. And you are so oblivious. And you, there is like, I, I feel bad for Nancy at the same time. What the hell are you doing? Your friend, like, you have no idea that your friend is, like, I you don't dealing know what's with some stranger things. She, she's dealing with some stranger things. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's what the show's called. <laughs> Who would have thought? And what? Steve definitely, Steve definitely rolled the twenty on initiative. <laughs> Drop a little D and D. Kind of had a little bit of a. Uh, True. It had a little bit of a Nightmare on Elm Street vibe going for it, that opening scene. And I, I really appreciated that. It was definitely, it puts you right into things as soon as the episode got going. And it set the tone. Yeah, the I tone like was that. great, great phrase of tone, uh, speech there. Setting the tone was a perfect way to, to um, the deputy describe that. Because once, once that hit, I'm like... Oh, I'm invested. I am in, and then it it just kept going. Every single scene, just hit after hit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much the, more to uh, add about that. <laughs> yeah, not much to that about Steve and Nancy. They had a little fun going on. Barb gets dragged into another pit with a little monster screen, and then we quickly cue over to Jonathan waking up. The other end of the love triangle that has yet to occur <laughs> but he was there too but yeah. didn't get any pictures of what happened but yet he's already he home of pictures. Uh, and we also see nancy walking home which also bothered me a little bit you didn't even check you just looked at the pool saw barb wasn't there and you just walked home didn't happen to see hey barb's car is still there I guess she maybe walked home a different way, but also, that, that kind of irked me a little bit. Like, it's the middle of the night. Didn't you know? figure out about the car until later. Steve should yes. have driven her home. I know these aren't really important plot elements, but damn it, Steve, you fumbled a, a 
you know, a great opportunity to, you know, get in better with Nancy than you already were, and also just do the right thing. But like Barb said, he just wanted to get in her pants, and he got what he wanted, and he took a nice nap after. So, no, he did not take a nice nap. That man was like unconscious. (laughs) He was sleeping good after that. He was. And then Mrs. Wheeler calls Nancy on her bullshit. She went through the same ringer we all oh, do. She knew. Walk into the house at one in the morning, and your parents go, "Where the hell have you been?" They're like, "Oh, I had lost track oh, of yeah, time." No, I was just, I was just doing algebra <laughs> homework. No, you were doing Steve. <laughs> would another no, boy? I was not drinking. Would another boy sweatshirt another go boy's last? Sweatshirt. <laughs> no, it was just cold. No, bullshit. Get out of here. <laughs> So we wrap that up, and then we go to Jonathan waking up, and we see Joyce in Will's room talking to the wall. How would you react in Jonathan's God, situation? Because was... he handled that so well. <laughs> he handled that with an, yeah, a lot of just like care of, hey, get some sleep. I'll make you breakfast. And not just like, you're talking to lamps, mom. What the <laughs> hell are you doing? You've spent like five months rent on lamps mom oh my god that was the funniest thing watching just joyce walk into the store with just boxes and boxes of christmas lights and just looks at her bosses (laughs) just ring me up (laughs) yeah can she not go to a different store avoid judgment well it's a small town (laughs) there might not be another general store that has lights i don't know you drive out of town I know I'm asking all of the wrong questions here, but these are the things I think about when I'm watching the, <laughs> this television program. Well, all I want to know is how is she paying for this electric bill? Because for someone who's in a very poor situation, you are ringing up the electric bill like there's no tomorrow. That went through my mind as well, honestly. Like that was something I'm like, <laughs> you have yeah, all these light bulbs. As a, as a now, as a now homeowner, my wallet was hurting. <laughs> Yeah, I have to say that. Oh, I was yeah. like, she can't just keep paying for everything in advance. When you're trying to communicate with your son and figure out, hey, maybe if I just do this, I can figure out where he is. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and you're not really thinking, huh, the energy bill right now could get a little <laughs> pricey. That's fair. So, but yeah, I, so then we switch over to uh, the Palm crew. Be, before you switch, in though, my space and... I want to make a comment on... Uh, like just the the way that Jonathan is portrayed overall, because of the fact that like it the scene definitely portrays Jonathan as the like as a kid who had to grow up too quick, because of the fact that he is the one like especially with, with this scene and then the first episode with him, you know the mom really depends on him a lot, you know to make money and bring money home, and you know, make sure food's Will's being helped out with food and getting ready to go to school and stuff. So with him being able to be at least mentally aware to like, oh, I need to help my mom out here. Like you've definitely seen while not in this more of a she's going crazy situation, but like he's dealt with something like this before within his household and he he knows what to do. But on the flip side, with other interactions, 
he is so goddamn awkward. And it does not surprise me because it's, he's outside of his comfort zone. His comfort zone might just be chaos. Because he's uh, used to dealing with situations like the deadbeat dad or even <laughs> mom communicating with lamps. He, he's a little bit more comfortable and more like, oh, this is a, this is a well-meaning, well-communicating young man here. But at school, nope, not in the slightest. I mean, we see it play out more throughout the episode, but I think his comfort zone is behind the camera, and that's kind of where he gets, you know, misconstrued a little bit, you know, obviously picking up some stalker vibes, but I think he, his hobby is photography, and that's just kind of... I'll get to that later. <laughs> so we'll talk about it a little bit. I will get to that later. I don't know about misconstrued. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe bad wording. <laughs> But anyway, so let's get to the start of Operation Mirkwood, the most epic operation name to come out of this show. And for all those that like Lord of the Rings out there, like I know me and Nick do, yes. I was cheering at yes. it. So we see them prepping. Lucas, you know, coming prepared with all the good tools. He's got his binoculars, army knife, a hammer. Not sure what he's planning to fight with the hammer, but he's got one. And the wrist rocket. From Nam. What middle school kid is better set than with a wrist rocket. Epic. <laughs> I just like how Dustin was like, hey, um, you're going to need to eat during this whole thing, so I've got a yes, bunch of snacks. Just about to say. <laughs> They're like I, two I, sides of this. I felt like that was, that was just me right there. <laughs> Bringing all the food. <laughs> two sides of the same. I always brought the weapons. Nick brought the food. <laughs> They have to. Except if it was us, they could have a big bag of peaches. Yo, the peach rings. <laughs> the peachos. Oh, peachos. Oh, my yeah, God. I think that it's every, every, well, was every it Was it before that or after that where we get that flashback? Uh, it was I'm a curious little bit after that. that. It was after that it was one. Short, they shortly left. after this happened. Oh, okay. I thought that was around the same time. Because it was, it was this one. scene where we see Dustin now trying to get Eleven to use her powers to make the Millennium Falcon fly. And yeah. Eleven's just looking at yes. him like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, I am not your toy dog. <laughs> he was so willing to just drop it. Yeah. He's just like, oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so after that, we see we go back to Nancy after this scene. And we see Nancy walking through the halls of school. Everybody's looking at her. She's really self-conscious. She's definitely regretting her night with Steve. And definitely. I don't know if she's regretting it as Not much. Yet. I don't think she's regretting it. I think she's just more like, all right, anybody that looks at me, I'm going to assume that they know because she's feeling like any eyes on her just carry a bunch of weight. And like, I bet the room felt really hot to her with yeah. just people walking around. Uh, what are those two? What are her friends? Tommy, uh, Tommy and Carol. Her, but Tommy and Tommy Carol. And Carol the biggest man, I bags of the show. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, they must have heard something because they start calling her out on it immediately. 
and she's definitely not comfortable with it at all. But that's also no. to her character, though. She's Do a little misperfect. Do you think Steve told him? I mean, they were all at the same house together hooking up. And Nancy left, so I'm sure yeah. Tommy and Carol stayed there till the morning. Woke up and saw Steve come out alone, and I'm sure Steve was like, yeah, had some fun last night. And like, even that or they, they just assumed. Even if, yeah, even if they didn't, it would it would not shock me for kids like that to just know it's it's an easy slam dunk for them. Let's be real. Like, if you want to mess with your friend, in this case, Steve's more their friend than Nancy is. Like, you're going to do it because they'll they those kind of people love to make other people awkward because to them they don't give a shit. It's just yeah. fun for them uncomfortable yeah. situations which uh if you were like that at any point in your life uh i hate you and you deserve no respect <laughs> no love and no dignity <laughs> laying it out how it is i guess <laughs> yeah you, you tell them you tell them well yeah they, they know now <laughs> i have no response to that i felt i felt bad for her but I felt bad for her in that scene. Not gonna lie. No. Yeah. And then Steve just comes up all happy. He's like, "Oh, she don't worry about it." First. Yeah, like he just won. He like he hit like he just won like the prize. Like he had the biggest fish at the fishing competition. He's just like, "Yeah, I did that." <laughs> Looking like you the tell uh, his, uh, priorities are exactly. Yeah, thank him with his penis. All right, on from there. <laughs> so, Nancy goes to class. Noah's bar is missing. Big shock. Now she's getting stressed. Now we switch over to Hopper and the deputies showing up at Hawkins' lab. Hopper does a little sweet talking because obviously it's a sketchy government facility. They got turned away right at the get-go. Hopper's like, look, I've got everybody breathing down my neck. Just let me in. I know there's no kid here. Just let me do my job. They let him in. They're you know shooting the shit. The deputies are joking around, thinking, "Oh, this is where they build space lasers." And Hopper's just not having. It. He's like, "Just shut the fuck up and just follow me," which I thought was great because you can definitely tell Hopper's from a you know a city type cop coming into a small town where nothing's ever happening. They're just fucking around. Hopper's actually trying to do his job and get things done. Security guards that like, one oh, dude yeah. just kept asking all the dumbest questions. Yes, I, I hate him. And I thought it, he was there for the comedic, you know, comedic lines, but it just wasn't having it. Hopper just has no time for fucking around. But um, so yeah, Hopper's so got like... business to do, and I like, <laughs> I like that we got Detective Hopper in this one. That was one of the more interesting elements of this episode to me. How we got him kind of putting two and two together about this shady place and uh, getting the librarian that he slept with earlier in the in the show, <laughs> getting her help and, uh, you know, getting his Batman on. I just love that scene where everybody's just looking at him like, really, the librarian? This is what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So sure. just to clarify... Because that was that was her in the bed when he was like, "No, there's all this crazy shit going on. Like I'm cursed." That was the librarian. Yes. 
Okay, I, I, I believe that's what we're supposed to believe. I don't think okay. they ever named who that was in that last episode, so I'm not quite sure. But I, I think we're assuming this librarian. Point, that's who it was. Okay. But so yeah, so they take Hopper down into the you know the underworld of this government facility. They show him around. They show him the cameras, and Hopper, being the smart good cop he is, notices, hey. On these cameras, there was no rain. That night, there was rain. So they're being shown fake footage, and Hopper knows it. So we definitely see Hopper kind of leading on that something yeah, sketchy going on, and this facility's behind it. So, what'd you guys think of Detective the uh, Hopper? What'd you guys think of what was being shown down the facility? Because we see a lot of you know hazardous material signs, a lot of hazmat suits, some weird shit you wouldn't see on the inside of a building. On a day-to-day basis. The other fact that this is the Department of Energy. Oh, sure, I mean, the sit right there. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, like the part that this is the Department of, Department of Energy, and they have biohazard stuff in there. Like, no. No, it was definitely like how guarded it was, and like, it, I'm not surprised. Like. Him I just really. thought I just thought it was funny though because they they gave him this whole big fight of like oh you can't come in here, and then they're just walking them by this big like emergency situation that was happening because the wall like the whole room was like roped off people are in there like cleaning and scrubbing shit like clearly something bad happened there, and they're just you know walking them right by like it's nothing. I just thought it was a little funny. No, it was definitely funny, but like it's also the the underestimation of Hopper. Thinking, oh, they're they'll they'll buy this. We'll just give them what they want, and they'll leave us alone. He's not the feds. Yeah, <laughs> and then no, you, you, it cuts to almost say cuts, but like transitions into them still working downstairs with that stupid weird goop that they're dealing with. Um, yep. And then them lowering lowering something to just bolt into the floor. Which I'm really curious yep. what that is. So I'm assuming next few episodes we'll find out. But yeah, it's definitely um, it's, my my lips are sealed. I know. I appreciate that. And <laughs> I am definitely intrigued where that is going to go. So this is where. Uh... Mitchell, this is where we see the first of the flashback scenes of this episode. Because we switch over back to Eleven, who's kind of walking around the house. We see her floating the Millennium Falcon, so she clearly knows how to do it and was fucking with Dustin by not doing it, which I thought was funny. But we see her floating through the channel through the TV, and she lands on a Coca-Cola commercial playing the most 80s-style commercial (laughs) possible. Just the fun, bright colors, the happy little song of "Come Get Your Coca Cola." The polar bears have not existed yet, so it's a much different commercial. But we see her flash back to the lab. She's in her suit. She's got the little headgear on, and we see her crushing a soda. So obviously, they're testing her for something. My guess is they're testing her to be a weapon. But take that as you will. Well, if if you don't mind, I rather I like the. Combine this scene with the next the next time she had a flashback, because the yeah, fact that like they because when she so to play it out when eventually when 
when was it Mike, right? Yeah, Mike Mike told Eleven to wait to meet them at this location at three fifteen. Which when when he said yep. that, I was like, She knows numbers, but she doesn't does she know time? Like that was something that, that did go through my head, like, will she fuck this up? And then there's that sweet moment Mike gives her her watch and she's like, Oh, I get a watch. Yeah. Something uh, of yours. So while she's waiting there, <laughs> that cat shows up. And then she flashbacks to the cat in the cage. And no, and then you can see that um is that Dr. Bean Benner? Brenner. Um, so you, can, you can see when she's doing the testing, Brenner's behind the behind the uh the the glass, just watch her doing it. And like her and that cat, I'm like I'm I'm slowly sitting on the couch, I'm like like as a cat owner myself, I'm like please don't kill the cat, please don't kill the cat, please don't kill the cat. Yeah, I thought she was gonna crush that cat. And I, I, I mean, like, that was definitely what was intended. Yeah, then she oh her. yeah, yeah, then she just definitely was intended. Like, That's oh, what they wanted. No, and you see Doctor Brenner in both scenes. It's funny seeing the comparison. You see her crush the soda can. He gives a nice smiling, you know, nod of acknowledgement. And this, he gives the sad little frown of just, ah, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> well, and then, <laughs> and then we see her get a dead cat. To the isolation cave you go. And they start dragging her down the hall. And next thing you know, I, I almost thought for a second it was a scene from the last episode where we see her get locked in the room. But it turns out to be, oh, no, it's a whole different time. So she's been locked in this room God knows how many times. And she's like, fuck this slams the door back open using her powers throws the one guy up against the wall and just snaps the other one's neck i was like holy shit like that was awesome like eleven's got some skills and clearly she doesn't mind killing people as long as it's for a good cause she's just a cat lover well i don't like think yeah she seems to like do it in her like time of need yeah like like that's, like that's when she really pulls out her power. And then, like, you see the bloody nose and everything. She's, like, it definitely exhausts her. Like, you can definitely see, like, the... Like, again, again, her own... She has an internal conflict right now, because her, her normal is literally her being a test subject. So she wants the approval of Papa, which is Dr. Brenner. And... But at the same time, when she's dealt with an innocent animal who has done nothing wrong, she has that conflict. Like, I don't want to kill this thing, even though it is, you know, is kind of like the cat is, I guess, hissing at her. And, but when she is in danger, it's that, that reflex of self-preservation. And definitely, uh, Definitely, you can see like the animalistic of like I have to protect myself. I don't care who's around me. I have to stop them. But she has no, she has no grounding of what is normal. As in, she just killed two people, and then she was literally praised by Doctor Brenner and taken over to I guess to wherever her room is. This is not a normal interaction for anyone to go through. So. I'm really curious how that's going to affect her when I'm assuming shit's going to get crazy with the, with the gang and like, how is she going to react, react to when everybody else is freaking out when she's like, Oh, this is normal. Like I, I've seen dead people all the time. 
And yeah, so next thing you know, we see Nancy, Steve, Tommy, and Carol all just chilling out at lunchtime. And Tommy and Carol act like complete assholes, as most high schoolers do, you know, making sex noises and moaning and screaming, making, you know, Nancy just really embarrassed at the fact that, hey, just lost my virginity and now I'm getting this announced the entire lunchroom. You know, nothing we haven't seen before in our, our lunchroom days back in high school. There's always weird shit happening. Always finding out random people's business yeah. for no reason because someone just yells it out across the room. Oh yeah, that's where all the gossip happened. <laughs> there was always there was always tea being spilt, and that that it was the gossip center this, of your this day. This time it was being spilt all over Nancy. <laughs> she she I was just like get me the worse, fuck though. out of this situation. I felt just so bad. Even more so, just get me away from these people that I do not like. I can yeah. talk to Steve just fine. Just get me away from these two blockheads. It, that's just it kind of with relationships. So Sometimes you, you know, you're going out with someone that's just you hate their friend group, and Nancy's in that situation where it's just she doesn't fit in. She knows she doesn't fit in, but she's trying because she likes Steve. But it's just not going to work out with that group. But yeah, so I, I just. It was an interesting scene, just seeing Tommy and Carol be just complete jackasses. That's just their their character. They're just assholes all the time. Do we expect any sort of arc from them? No, because they're just assholes. Yeah, they they seem no. they don't seem like they provide any like massive importance to the to the story. No. But no. so the next we go back, we see Mike, Dustin, Lucas. They're out just collecting rocks as you know middle schoolers getting ready to go battle do. Looking for the best rock to use. It's gotta find the perfect rock, bro. Yeah, exactly. Rocks that I are mean, way <laughs> too small, by the way. They need something with a little bit more heft. Well, they also got a wrist rock. You, you know, you can't weigh down the rocket. Last thing you want is that thing snapping back at you because you got too heavy of a rock. That's a good point. But you gotta find something bro. that's a little sharper. That rock seemed like they seem to have really, just, really precise for them. They had like really like circular. You gotta find some with some sharp edges. Yeah, well, well it's their first time going to combat. They're they're not exactly ready for it. <laughs> they're also middle. What do you mean they should be experienced by now? They should know what they're. Tommy, you would have known slightly more of what to do in this situation. Honestly, not much, in, but slightly. Now, in fair, in fairness to them, like, like this is not a catapult. This is a put a rubber band that's being pulled back so if you're holding onto this rock you don't want to like have anything too sharp on it you want just to do impact well then dear listener just ignore everything that i said and uh take what these guys have to say as opposed to my dumb ass as as someone who's so obsessed with accuracy and precision that's what lucas is going for He's looking for that sweet rock that's, that's going to get right that sweet spot and hit the Demogorgon right in the eye. Does he want to be precise or accurate, Mr. Connor? Mr. 8.21. <laughs> this one's accuracy. All right, there you go. Oh, <laughs> so as they're you know out rock collecting, your other two asshole bullies show up, and they're the different kind of bully. They're the, we're going to push you around and make you feel like shit. And actually trip Mike and make him fucking slam his head on a rock. Dick move. Felt kind of bad for Mike. 
these are the middle school bullies, which are very different from high school bullies. High school bullies are annoying. Middle school bullies are, like, borderline terrorists. Middle schoolers go for your weak spot, and they exploit it for everything they can. Yes, absolutely. Middle schoolers are, like, scary to everyday people. High schoolers, it's like, all right, I feel like I can reason with you. Middle schoolers, again, it's it's borderline terrorism. And as someone, you know, we've all been bullied at some point in our lives. I mean, hell, Tourette's is, I mean, middle school is where I got bullied the most for having Tourette's. I was always twitching. People didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Wait, what? You have Tourette's? Oh, my God, Mitch. Do you not know me at all? <laughs> I knew you in middle school. I needed somebody to pick on. I would have used that. Okay. <laughs> Tommy. Hey, I, I was low on the totem pole, man. <laughs> Tommy, I needed to be... whatever I could get. <laughs> <laughs> to be well, fair, Tommy. asshole. To be fair, Tommy, I did know you for a solid, what, five, six years until I realized you had Tourette's? Well, because I had mastered hiding it at that point. <laughs> but still, I, I knew you since middle school, personally. Like, we met in seventh yeah. grade. And yeah. I still didn't pick up on it until one day in the lunchroom junior year. I'm like, are you okay? You're twitching. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, I, had I known, had I known back then I should, I could have just played it off and just said I had hiccups or something and just seen how long into our friendship it would have taken you to finally realize, actually, I have something, not just hiccups. I mean, hell look at Mitchell. I've known him since I was two and he's just finding out today, 29 years later. Hey, my friend has Tourette's. Yeah, I've known you for a really long time, dude. Yeah, you could have yeah, told I, me sooner. I still have that picture of the of the three of us. Yeah, when on, we were like four or five years old, just sitting on the was. couch. Yep. Yeah, where uh, you were yeah. like really enjoying whatever toy you were playing with. Yep. Yep. And then Tommy was yeah. just sitting there with his Tourette's that I didn't know about. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't get diagnosed. Real friends tell each. How old yeah, did you? Man. How old were you when you realized that I had autism? You knew. I didn't know about your Tourette's. I'm a better we friend than you. We all I'm better, knew. I'm a better friend than you. Yeah, well, I made, <laughs> I made it, I made it well known. You know, you should make these things known to your friends. You tried to hide your Tourette's from me. I mean, I twitched a lot. It wasn't very, you know, hideable. You might have, you might have been <laughs> Twitch streaming. You were not twitching. Hell, we well, had classes sat next to each other. didn't move down south. <laughs> Mitchell. What? Mitchell. What? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were referring to something sexual. I'm like, what? Where yeah, are we yeah. going with this? Well, clearly uh, always to the gutter in your brain. <laughs> hey, we were just talking about, uh, we've been talking about that a lot this episode, so. It's, uh, it's true. It's not necessarily un- unprompted. Mitchell's just got a one-track mind. It, it, it all leads down south for him. That is not true. I am a, uh, I am a uh, engaged man, so I've, I'm, I'm a grown-up. Yes. Clap, clap, clap! Oh. Congratulations. Yeah. Do, do you feel special um, now that you're engaged? Have you I called her your like... fiance yet? Do you feel the power of when you get to say my fiance? Yes, yeah, she's my fiance Knowles. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's All pretty right. funny. 
let, let's get to uh let's, let's get back to uh, the show what we're actually supposed to be talking about yeah exactly stranger things not just tommy's tourette's the show <laughs> so as my friends normally would they would cheer me up dustin cheers mike up by finding that perfect sweet rock to cheer mike up and like yeah this rock this is the one that he slid his face on <laughs> yeah hey that, is that the same one it's yeah, the same so one. I yeah. think it was. Yeah, it's still got your blood on it. Yeah. yeah. He he literally credits it to Mike. It's like, look what good job. Good find. <laughs> it's a blood rock. You and found, you found it, it with your face. face. <laughs> so after that, we see Jonathan developing his uh, creepy stalker picture. So Mitchell, you can pick up your conversation about how creepy Jonathan is. Everything um, that yeah, happens was... to Jonathan. <laughs> everything that happens to Jonathan in this episode. Like I, again, I was I was watching this episode with uh with fiance Knowles, and she was like, "Man, you know, I I feel bad for Jonathan," and I'm like, "No, I don't, not at all. Everything I... that happened, Jonathan deserved, if not worse, because <laughs> this man was taking picture, was stalking, taking pictures with like you know, hiding in the bushes taking pictures." taking pictures of people in sexual encounters. And then not only was he doing that, cause you could be like, all right, you know, I was in the woods and I stumbled upon this and I, I did some stuff, but it was wrong. Woke up the next day with a clear mind, clear brain, went uh-huh. to the lab and got them developed. So this was a thought out multi-day process. This was not, man, I got caught up in the moment. No, this was, I've got a plan and it's creepy. And so premeditated stalking. It was was premeditated stalking and being a damn pervert. So when, uh, when Steve smashes his camera and the most, like he could have stopped that from happening if he just had any reflexes whatsoever. But when that happened, I'm like, good. I, I have no issue with this happening whatsoever. Usually I'm on the side of like, Hey man, don't bully the kid with the missing brother and don't do that, but I I couldn't get mad at this. I was Sorry, that's one... my soapbox. You had your Tourette soapbox. I'll have this. <laughs> I mean, I, I felt for Jonathan a little bit, but he didn't help his cause at the fact that when someone came in and looked at what he took pictures of, he did the Oh, let's be really fucking suspicious and quick gather up my pictures and run out of the room as fast as I can before they get developed. He just screamed. Like he knew saw, what he did before. If you saw yeah, someone he, and you saw so, you saw that the pictures that were being developed were of like puppies, but they reacted in that way, you were like, he's doing something to those puppies. He's up to something. <laughs> if you reacted in that way, guilty. Yeah, he guilty. knows he's he knows he's guilty, yes, definitely. Yeah, um, he, yeah, he has to though. But at the same time, like the one the one thing I was hitting uh hitting on before is that like, what, was he Tommy? You've mentioned like oh like I thought that was very well put. Like he his chaos is his normal. So like him in the like the regular society, he doesn't know how to fit in, and no, he knows he knows he's guilty at the same time. Like he wants to still. I don't know why he takes photos yet, but there's some connection to that for him. First, we'll find, I'm assuming we'll find out later what it is, possibly. 
knows, but like, is it weird? Hell yeah. But we'll see if there's anything actually behind that. He he just hasn't found his artistic niche yet. That's all that's happening. He he's exploring. Well, <laughs> is I, it I, creepy and inappropriate? Yes, but hey, like it's it's his he'll coping. learn. To me, it's his coping method. Is it a good coping yeah. method? Hell no. He does no. When it comes to violate no. people, yeah, like, like coping mechanism. That's just being no, a damn I, creep. As in photography, is his coping method me- a mechanism? Take but pictures when it, of the sky, of the forest. But it's more so the fact that, like, he... Take he dick pics, but don't show them to anybody, oh you know? That's, that's, that's not what gets him on. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, so, so moving on from one buyer to the other, uh, we have Nancy. Or not Nancy, I'm sorry. Joyce. Joyce. Now getting a visit from Mrs. Wheeler and Holly. And they're getting a little taste of the crazy, crazy and chaos of just walking to a house and just seeing Christmas lights everywhere. Joyce looks like she's a wreck. And Mrs. Wheeler's kind of being nice. She's making, you know, a little casserole. And little Holly, little Holly wanders off, starts following the little magical Christmas lights along. And next thing you know, we get all the lights going crazy. And Holly's just staring at that wall. And as we all figured it was going to happen, little monster guy starts coming out. Joyce kind of kicks in and goes, oh, shit, where's Holly? Runs back just in time to save her and realizes, oh, you saw something in the wall, too. I'm not fucking crazy. And Mrs. Wheeler is just like, what is wrong with you? What do you mean there's something in the wall? Like, why are you interrogating my kid about what's in the wall? And, yes, I just thought it was pretty fucking funny how quickly – we go from one crazy buyer to the other crazy buyer and seeing just how society kind of views that family of just, they're not in their right minds. So I will counteract that. Um, I don't want to call her crazy because obviously she is not. Well, she's not crazy, but I think the proper word people are viewing them as crazy because of what they're doing. Yes, the point I was making. But like overall, she's just unhinged. She's unhinged. That's different than crazy. She it's clearly you haven't walked into many friends' houses that have their mothers talking to Christmas lights all over their house. But she's not wrong. (laughs) We don't know. They don't know that. If you if you saw that, you would be like, "No, no, hey man, your mom's talking to the Christmas lights." I'm saying I'm gonna go home. Where people aren't doing that. I compl- no, I get that aspect, but it's more so the fact that if there's a difference of ta- calling someone and like our as us the observer of all of this, we know she's not crazy. Everybody else thinks she is, which is fair, but she's just more so unhinged because of the fact that like this is the one, this is the one last straw to her to her connection to Will, and. She's trying to get make that straw as strong as possible, or I guess thread is a better way to, uh, 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 what's the word? Um, analogize it. Um, so this is a, this is her one last thread to Will, and she's trying to hold on to this damn thing as strong as as tight as possible, and not trying to let go. And once she realizes she communicates with him, yeah, that's no good for her. Like that's that honestly is smart thinking. No. But to everybody else, like, 
she's a fucking wackadoo. And that's all, that's what I'm saying. Like the word crazy, when when we're talking about, I don't see her as crazy. I see her as someone who's desperate. Um, and like she's the one who tells, she tells Joyce, I need you need to get out of here. Like she she understands I look crazy. And but I but because the daughter, Holly, because she saw I was like, that just that just you know makes validates for me that this is happening because she had the issue with um Jonathan where Jonathan didn't see the, the quick lighting up of the of the bowl because he didn't see anything like this yet. So and I was convinced based off the, the episode title, I was convinced the first time I watched this that Holly was gonna get taken by the monster. I'm happy she wasn't, but it was definitely a little red herring there because I was like, Holly Jolly, we got Christmas lights and we got Holly going back to see a monster. Uh, I was convinced she was going to get seemed eaten. too perfect, yeah. A little play but, on words. A good catch what, there. I didn't yeah. even think about that. I, I'm one of those people I like I to read the episode titles. If it's a show that has episode titles, I usually think it means something. And it's just my little weird thing. I like to try and figure out what the fuck's going to happen in the episode. That's just weird. That's not a weird thing. That's just most people don't do it. Not okay, but it's not weird. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're you're not weird, Tommy. Okay. Thanks, honey. I appreciate it. (laughs) You just have to look at me. I'm I'm all unique because I can read. (laughs) Wait, you guys can read? (laughs) I just learned a few months ago. I know what precise yeah. inaccuracy is. <laughs> Someone like some people. <laughs> <laughs> I had his. I had his hit, hit the uh, the base hit on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave those comments to my uh, when I do my rating. Yes, do, yes, do that. I'll leave the precise <laughs> comments for then. So, continuing on. We have Eleven and Mike having a cute little conversation. How Mike's telling her how he was embarrassed to tell her that he's a loser, and didn't want to tell her because he had a little cut on his chin, and she realized he's getting bullied. So that was a cute little bonding conversation. We start to see that little relationship grow. Continue on from there. We see Nancy finally, finally walking back to Barb's car and realizing, oh shit, she never made it home. She never even left the damn house. That's not good. And then she checks Steve's backyard and gets a little confrontation with the monster. Again, another member of the Wheeler family being confronted with the monster and living to tell a tale. So something weird's going on because this monster's just picking and choosing who it wants to go after. And I thought that was interesting. I just like how it took Nancy that long to realize about the car considering that if i'm not mistaken when she left the first time she she walked and left towards that side of the house so it's like i don't know i kind of felt like she should have kind of seen that her car was still there and she you just think, but back. if you do if you do remember from last episode she had bar parked several blocks away so i give her that yeah. but i assume she walked uh, relatively yeah. the same way yeah, home I guess that's true yeah Nick, but still, you gotta keep checked. in mind. Yes, logically speaking, I maybe you would notice that, that she was leaving the house for the first time after losing her virginity. 
he's probably not thinking, I wonder what Barb's doing right now. You know? Her head's not I mean, where it usually is. That is true. I mean, I assumed after your first time, your first thought was, I wonder what the Jets are doing right now. Uh, no, because funny enough, uh, my first time was right after the Patriots started. intercepted Russell Wilson on the one yard line. So real, real magical moment. Yeah, okay. no, I was, I was actually really sad. And I was it's like, oh, I was thinking about that the whole time. So <laughs> really I unfortunate. Right. We're, we're, we're passing, <laughs> we're passing by this conversation. We're not discussing Sorry, that was my Tourette's. I, I just. <laughs> Had to Shut the get fuck it out up. there. <laughs> At least I can use mine to curse a lot. Oh, how 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 original! <laughs> I bet That's no one else with Tourette's does that. Probably most of them. <laughs> yes, Tommy, that was the joke. <laughs> so we go back to Crazy Joyce. And she figures Is that out. Hey, calling her? I don't like that nickname. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Unhinged is fine. Crazy and no. Joyce. All right. So we go back to unhinged Joyce. There we go. Sitting, her, sitting in the house. But I'll give her this. She was smart. She finally figures out. She's talking to Light. She's actually talking to, I'm assuming, and we're all assuming is Will, because we don't see Will there to who she's actually talking to. Yeah, that's not but Will. I'll be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a great red herring, but she asked person's just fucking with her. <laughs> oh my god, that would be terrible. What if it's the monster that mimics? Doc, Doctor Brenner has Doctor Brenner has a camera in the house and is secretly flicking the lights on and off. Evil Will, this is Bill. <laughs> but we see her ask this little clump of lights three questions: Are you alive? Yes. Are you safe? No. And then where are you? And gets no answer. And then that's, that's where she yes or no question. It was not a yes or no question. Yeah, well, because that's where, where she gets the idea of, no. hey, I need to find a way to communicate with my son. And she starts painting letters on the wall. And that's where we get the scene a little bit later of him telling her, I'm right here. But before we get to that, <laughs> we have a few other things. We have Hopper. Turn around. And his deputy going through the newspaper articles where they see articles about CIA sanctioned research back from the 60s. The deputy is like, so what? It's hippie crap. Again, showing you know, the, small, the small town mind of just nothing bad could possibly be happening. It's just all coincidence. Hopper knows there's yeah, something right. bigger going on. And, I did, hold on, I did like they, that they did reference um, MK Ultra, which was an actual CIA project. Yes, yeah, that was definitely a, a little Easter egg that most people probably wouldn't have caught because they yeah. did go over that newspaper article pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, MK Ultra. For those who do not know, that was an actual project the CIA uh, had research on to try to make people use telekinesis. And like, or like psychological powers when it comes when they came to that, like, you know, yeah, I think psychological is not the right word. No, what's the word? Um, what's the proper word for that? I can't think of it now. Is it psychological? I think so. Like we'll using your using your brain to affect the world, either like you no, know, like either telepathy. through communications or telepathy, things like that, like those yeah. kind of powers. 
That was, it was a real, yeah. This, this is a real United States government funded thing. Thanks, yep. America. <laughs> <laughs> and for those interested in that topic, you can also watch Men, Men Who Stare at Goats, which was a great movie. That's true. That was a great movie. What, what movie now? Well, hold on. You, the movie nerd, no, have no, never no. seen Men, Men Who Stare at Goats. I've never seen that. That's a movie about MK Ultra. Really? Damn, no, never seen see it. I, Mitchell, I'm actually shocked that you've never seen it. It came movie. out around. I know what movie you're talking about. I've no, heard you of it. Clearly, don't. I've just never. No, it's George George <laughs> Clooney, Ian McGregor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Brian Cranston's in it, if I'm not mistaken. I know, like John Goodman. It's got a lot of people in it. Yeah, but I just haven't seen it. Well, there's your homework for the weekend. Go watch it. No, I I'm making a note. All right. So yeah, Good. so Hopper is put in the place of hey definitely some shit going on and gets interrupted from a call and that's where we get the culminating event of this episode operation Merkwood. shit goes down real quick they cue up the emotional music to let you know shit's about to go down you have 11 guiding the crew to will's house and she's like hey he's here hiding they're all getting pissed off now of like what the hell do you mean he's hiding we know he's missing he's not here we've looked here a thousand times and that's where Dustin spots the sirens and cue the emotional music. And they all go chasing after the cop cars. Hopper pulls up to the bottom of the gorge of last episode. They're like, oh, there's no way this kid jumped off here. If he did, he'd be dead. And what do you know? Little Will's body is getting pulled out of the water. Connor, Nick, were you expecting that ending? No. No. Most, most definitely not. Um, Low key, I did think it was first of all, first. I don't, I don't understand how uh, they biked there so fast when when they were following the cars. Like, how, like how the hell did they get there so quickly? It was not, because they were following Operation Markwood. They were on a mission. They knew exactly where to go. They had all the little shortcuts. They probably zipped right through. Mission from God. It's like they got there so fast, but uh, yeah, no. As soon as they pulled the body out, and then. I think it was Lucas that started like crying. Then, like he confirmed it was him. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I you like, know, you, oh, your uh, best friend gets pulled out of a water source dead. Well, You're gonna be upset. Oh yeah. yeah. If they so, pulled you out I of a river. Can I say that I forgot because it's I haven't seen season one since 2017. It's been six years. I didn't know. I thought that it was going to be somebody else. I don't want to spoil anything because I remember kind of like who makes it out, who doesn't. I thought it was going to be somebody else. I forgot about it. So this was a genuine surprise to me because again, I'm not like I don't remember every single intricate detail about the first season or the second season. I remember a lot more about three and four, but even then, I've got some details that are a little bit fuzzy to me. So when that happened, I was very surprised, and it definitely left me on a, where do we go from here with this? What yeah, because this definitely, I mean, this is the first, you know, death of the show. Assuming Barb might not be dead. We don't know what happened. We to have her no yet. body. We have no body. But right now, Will's the first death. Stakes are higher. Things got a lot darker. We see a very quick 180 with uh, with Will's emotion, where he just snaps at eleven, 
calls her a liar, you yells at her, push. You mean Mike? Like, yeah, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong character. Correct. Yeah, so we see Mike freak out on Eleven and just do a complete 180 where he's now the one who's aggressively yelling at her instead of Lucas. And Lucas and Dustin are kind of trying to calm down, like, you know, we got to stay here together, be with each other, and Mike just takes off and runs yeah. back to Mom, where we see Nancy and Mrs. Wheeler chatting it up with Barb's parents. So clearly something's going on there of, hey, your kid's missing conversation that we don't get cued in on. And then we see Joyce running down the street in terror from her house and runs into Jonathan's car. Thankfully, he didn't hit her. But we just had that little moment of, you know, mom and son from both families hugging. The sad music's playing. Do they Willie. know? Do Jonathan uh, not, and no. Joyce, because I'm leaning towards no at that point in time. No, they didn't, because in the background of the scene, you see the cop cars coming yeah. down the road, which I'm assuming was them coming to tell them, hey, we found your son. He's dead. Yeah, that that's why I was sad for as well. Also, just a quick side note. Um, I hated the music choice at the end. Yeah? Hated it. I What's thought, I, I, first of all, I just hate that damn song, but I thought it, that... It, it didn't bring a little tear to your eye? No, it made me want to go, who picked this damn song, and why are they employed to pick music? No, Honestly, I hate, I hated that song choice. I thought it was fine. Right, well, like, I fan didn't pick. Think... Fan pick. What song would you have chose, Mitchell? I would have just had, like, score. I wouldn't have had a song. I would have just yeah. had a score. But I, I have to disagree with that because the fact that They've already been every end of the episode. They've been having t some type of '80s song to end it, or, or or at least a part of it. And this is the one that they picked for this episode. Obviously, I don't know what song it was. I never heard it in my life. I don't know but, if that's an '80s song, but I could be dead wrong. It, it's just a bad song that I don't enjoy at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I I did not know the song. I just I was fine. Like I didn't I did that song didn't really grip me or anything. Like the uh, or I didn't have like that. My grade emotional... actively went down because of the song choice. It just um, took me out completely. So I just looked it up. It is uh, Peter Gabriel's version of Heroes. Nope. I know, I know the artist. don't know the song. Yeah. Well, it's a terrible version of that song. Peter Gabriel <laughs> should feel bad. <laughs> should feel bad. <laughs> so yeah, so that wraps up episode three of stranger things what did we think overall so i have so now that now that the whole episode has been discussed nick i want to yeah. hear your whole reaction now <laughs> my entire reaction i mean don't hold my back. main reaction my main reaction just kind of comes from the end um i'm very skeptical and um this is you're probably gonna be like wow like how, how maybe i don't know you might call me stupid but i don't think he's dead okay um and i the the reason i say that is because i feel like the walking dead ruined me in terms <laughs> of watching shows and that they were notorious for if you did not physically see the character dying they didn't die so to me 
that's kind of how I take a lot of this. It's like, if I don't physically see them die, I then have a hard time believing that this person is actually dead. So, and look, I, I understand I could be dead wrong, but I feel like... Pun intended? I, I don't want to say it was too easy, but I was like, after after a few episodes, like, like you just find them in the lake, I was like, I don't know. I just obviously there's more to it, but I just I'm skeptical to think that he's actually dead. Okay, it, I, I'm kind of I don't blame you there because this is like I guess I'll lead into my kind of prediction was like I'm kind of in the middle on this where it could be like the soul could be trapped maybe of Will because Eleven I, says because Eleven purposely took the boys to will's house where joyce was actively communicating with will yeah and so 11 was not wrong and i don't know i'm assuming the same laws of travel apply from bizarro world to reality world but for him getting from point a to point b where his body was laying or was was found that is it doesn't really add up to me right now. like, so that, And that's the reason why my first thought was, is Barb dead? Because the fact that, you know, we didn't, Will was already communicating with someone. We saw Barb get attacked. We don't know what happened to her. Next thing we know is a body and it floated in the water. Yep. It, was, it was, we couldn't, I, until we saw like, oh, it has more of a Will-shaped body. Okay, fine. I, I, I get it. But my first thought was, they really killed Barb that quickly in one episode, like full full turn. So yeah, I, I um, agree with that. So that yeah, that was that was definitely. Um, I'm intrigued how they're going to flush that out. Because yeah, so, I mean, episode, episode four is called the body. So what? What do you guys yeah. think is that? How do you I don't think know. That's going to carry over into this episode. Uh, my initial guess, without overthinking it, honestly, is um, I think Hopper is going to. I, I I don't I don't mean to put it so vague, but I think he's gonna, you know, find out more evidence about the about the lab. But in conjuncture to that, I think uh, I don't know if he's gonna like. I don't know if there's gonna be like some type of autopsy for the body. I would imagine so. But okay. I would think that he would probably want to be there to discover, like, is this actually his body? Is this something else? Is it? I don't know. So I think that's kind of my opinion. Yeah, that's going to go. I think Connor. I think my. So other than the will thing, I think the big triggering factor of this episode that's going to get other things rolling is. I have a feeling I would say either this I would say I would say this upcoming episode someone other than the boys is going to find about 11 because okay. because the fact that their trust in 11 is so low right now either she's going to run somewhere or cuz or she's going to try to prove themselves she's going to try to try to prove her prove herself to them but how is she going to do that when Obviously, they don't trust her with 
them taking to Will's house. The other thing, too, which I was shocked by is that they never – Eleven never knew where Will lived. How did she know? No. And and, and like I'm surprised none of the boys picked that up. Like they, I know like, it makes sense. Like oh, they're middle schoolers, whatever. Like oh, this is Will's house. Like why are we here? Um, but like I can definitely see someone say, like we have there is no use for you because of the fact that you just lied to us. And I know, and of course now her biggest advocate was Mike, and now he's the one betrayed and. No, currently crying in his mom's arms. So yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued, but I think she definitely is going to be more known to the more the larger populace. Okay. So yeah. So with that, I think we should roll right into uh, the episode ratings, um, where most of us normally rate it, and Mitchell will come up with a random crazy number. It's not Mitchell. random. <laughs> Crunch the math over there, big boy. Uh, unless you show me a grading rubric of how you are grading this, it, to me, it's going to be a random number. <laughs> Not random. I, Nick, again, go first. I'm going. I'm going last because I've got the most preposterous idea of being more <laughs> accurate, precise, profound, whatever you, you want to call. You, it. you had you had the first was the correct one. Just stay with that. Accurate. That's right. Yeah, you had it. Um. Just, uh, I, I, I'm going to give that one an eight. Um, a, a, another step above from uh, the prior episode where I think I rated it. It's been seven and seven and a half so far. Right. So you've been, you've yeah. been gradually going up 0.5. Gradually, going, gradually going up. Um, I felt this one had uh, a lot more of a, uh, a cliffhanger that I'm like excited to see what's um going to happen and um i i like the uh intenseness that i think uh hopper is going to bring to the investigation so i'm excited to see you know what uh what he does okay 8.9 i'm gonna give it a oh 8.9 yeah Ooh. it was the best episode yeah, so far strong okay strong. Okay. Well, my my first episode, I said eight point five, and which I still think was fair, and I think the pacing of this one was good. There was suspense throughout the whole episode. Like, I I thought, like like I thought overall it was very well done, and I was hooked for majority of it, and yeah, I thought it was that was excellent. I, I'm myself, and I'm going to give it an 8.5. I enjoyed it a lot. Things got a lot darker at the end. We saw, we finally begin a kill count for the Stranger Things show. Uh, I really liked how the stakes really kind of got a lot higher at the end. So that's that's what got me sucked into the show. Is things really started to get serious. You know something bad's going to happen. So 8.5 right now for me. Timeless time people dying. <laughs> well, I guess I'm the only one that doesn't have this as the top episode so far, but it's very close to me. Last one was an 8.52, and this one's going to get an 8.47. Really close to me. I think that it would have been right with number so two if enough. they had just picked a different song at the end 
of this episode and i would have liked to have seen more time with the boys so i think that that this episode could have used a little bit more uh time with uh mike lucas and dustin but i'm sure we'll get some more of that in the, the next episode i love the stuff with hopper in particular and you're right it does have a nice uh cliffhanger where you're you're wondering all right where are we going from here it's paced well so uh yeah, definitely a top-notch episode, and definitely, uh, average-wise, our best-graded show so far. 8.4675, courtesy of certain mm-hmm. someone. Hey, we're you're going to look back, and you're going to be like, wow, it's really easy to see which ones we liked the best because I was so specific. You know? Oh, now we've moved from precise to specific. You can't even figure out what the hell you want to be. <laughs> it's all things it can be multiple you can be both it's 2023 you can be both mm, no well with that with that comment that wraps up episode three no, of the strange nerd podcast no i i still i i still slam <laughs> no eight point but I'm, I'm glad that everyone else is so uh I will say this: your your three grades are precise. I will say that. Thank as you. A, as a totality, they're precise. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not pulling out more than uh, one of these days. Maybe I'll have to pull one out, but I'm. I don't think I'm going to get more than just two decimals in there. That's fair. There's nothing wrong with that. You no, know, I'm not going to. The accuracy not, that I hate your precision is about a hundred percent right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, everyone hates genius when they first hear it, and eventually they oh, come we, to. We are we are a far stretch from genius, but all right, let's wrap this up. <laughs> so, to anyone who is still listening at this point, we love you. Hey, <laughs> your ten dollar Quiznos gift card is coming to you. It's in the mail. Is Quiznos even still around? Yes, it is. They brought back the spunk monkey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's been there. <laughs> I have not. I listened to the podcast about this stuff. All right. On that note, for the third time, that wraps up episode three of the Strange Nerds podcast. If you want to be part of the drink Jersey Nerds community, you can follow us on social media pages. The links are located on the show notes below. If you are enjoying the podcast and want to help help us grow the show, please like and subscribe to the podcast and give us a review so we know how we're doing. And also feel free to write us at the Stranger Nerds Podcast at gmail.com. With that, we are the Jersey Nerds signing off. Stay strange out there. Peace.